0: Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ag Credit Set It. I'm your host, Matt, along with my co host,
0: I'm Lemmy Wickstead
1: back together again. So Libby, what are we talking about today?
0: So we have Robert Moore with us today, who is an attorney with OSU Agricultural and Resource Law Program, and he specializes in farm estate transition, tax, and business planning. So we are in for a treat today.
1: I think this is uh, going to be a lot of good information, especially when you look at the average age of a farmer that we always hear, you know, Farmers are getting older, so the long-term health care is, that's probably a topic that needs to be brought up more, but probably isn't a lot at the dinner table for a lot of these operations. So so we'll get right into it. So Robert, thanks for joining us, sir. And uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, everything. Okay. Well, I grew up on a dairy farm in Coshocton
2: County and uh, started my career at Ohio State, working in Fairfield County as the uh, ag educator there, then moved into the ag econ department. And uh, while I was at Ohio State, I decided to go to law school at night. So uh, I did that and then decided to go into private practice. So for about the last 18 years, I've been with Wright and Moore, which is a law firm in Delaware, which specializes in working with farmers and landowners. Okay, and then earlier this year, I had an opportunity to go back to Ohio State uh, in the Ag and Resource Law Program, and decided to do that. So that's what got me here,
1: back 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 at Ohio State again.
2: Yep.
0: So. Just not as a student, and a in a, a greater <laughs> position this time. <laughs> right, right. Not as a poor college student, yes. right. <laughs> So as Matt had mentioned, you know, we there's this long-term care that not a lot of families seem to talk about, you know, in advance. Um, it seems like it's one of those things that we just kind of go through the motions of when it happens. But can you tell us a little bit about long-term care and what that truly means when you sit down and look at it?
2: Yeah, so as I've been practicing law over the last 18 years, an area of the law that I saw that was really lacking was long-term care for farmers because they have certain needs uh, and we're dealing with, you know, a lot of capital on these farms. And I I couldn't find anybody who was an expert on both long-term care and working with farmers. So when I joined Ohio State, the first project I took on was doing some research and create a pu- creating a publication for farmers uh, on long-term care. But uh, as we look at long-term care, uh, we need to keep in mind that it's not just nursing home care. I know mm-hmm. uh, before I kind of started looking into it, I just thought long-term care means automatically nursing home care. Right.
1: That's the first thing that comes but, to my mind when, when you start talking on that.
2: But what the statistics show is that actually about a third of long-term care is done in the home by family members or friends at no cost. And then about another third of long-term care is typically done in home, but for paid services, somebody that may come in for eight or 10 hours a day. Um, And only about a third of long-term care is actually in a nursing home.
0: And that, I guess that is what surprises me when you think about it, because you don't think of, oh, grandma and grandpa or mom and dad need, you know, need some help, that that's truly the start of when long-term care is. And Matt, I don't know about you, but some if you have some elderly customers, you know, that are starting to have that, you know, in-home care that's paid for, you know, you that's not, the families aren't really, you know, necessarily – Necessarily thinking about that long term care piece of it, starting that soon.
1: Yeah, it, all, it definitely seems to be always more like a reactive thing than than proactive. So, Robert, I, I guess I'm kind of curious. So, when you started, you said this was kind of a a spot that wasn't really researched a lot, just not a lot of people. And in, in your guys' research, why why is why it was agriculture, long term healthcare? Why was that something that was really never? a big, big thing for us. Yeah, well, there's just not a lot of attorneys that
2: focus their practice on agricultural law. Mm-hmm. And then within that kind of small group... Uh, you take a, even a smaller part yeah. To, yeah. Right, right. So okay. that's why I'm saying I don't know that there's that one person or a few people out there that really uh, know farming and no agriculture and
1: also uh, focus on long-term care cost. Gotcha. So we kind of uh, talk about you know what long term care is. When when does when can long term care? When does that you know truly start? When when we look at that as far as on a you know on a farm operation and transition planning.
2: Yeah. So uh, you know uh, the obvious answer is depends. You know uh, it depends on the farm. It depends on the family. Uh, but unfortunately. The planning often does not start until the long-term care needs paid for. Mm -hmm. And we need to start planning well in advance of that day. And I know we're going to get into Medicaid a little bit. Because of the Medicaid rules, we're always looking down the road five years. So any kind of long-term care planning is a five-year plan. And so we're always guessing five years ahead of time, Well, will somebody be in the nursing home in five years or not? Nobody wants to go in the nursing home. So it's kind of one of those things where you may just say, that's not happening to me. I'm not going in the nursing home. And so the planning doesn't get done. And, you know, especially with farmers being independent, you know, the thought of being in a nursing home. Uh, just is not something that they want to think about. That's
1: like worst case scenario for them, and the, yeah, that's that's not going to happen mm-hmm. to me type thing. And just yeah, I was, Livy. I kind of think it's you, know, we, you talk. We work with our members, and we're always you know farming, especially we're we're always planning ahead for that next crop year, and even you know two crop years ahead. Where when it comes to taking care of ourselves, I guess it's one of those things we must put on the back burner a little bit that we just don't want to think about, I guess, a little bit for long-term stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've, Robert, and you've been a speaker at many accredited events for, you know, estate planning and that. And I feel like, you know, that's, we finally got people to talk about estate planning and now it's this next piece of the long-term care (laughs) and wanting to get that process started because I think we need to start planning that sooner, like you said. And I think that having the impact on the estate planning piece of it, this long-term care, can have a greater, almost a greater impact if we're not planning for that. Is that something you guys are starting to do with, with the estate planning is talking about that long-term care piece and bringing that up? Because I feel like that is a connection where that we need, we need to make.
2: Yeah, so I think we are discussing long-term care more. You know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, estate taxes were the biggest risk. Mm-hmm to transferring the farm to the next generation. You know, today estate taxes aren't nearly the risk they used to be because the estate tax exemptions are much higher. So I think today for many farms, the number one risk to transferring that farm to the next generation or long-term care cost. You know, not only are farmers getting older, but people are living longer. And that's a has a big impact on the number of years of long-term care that we might need. The average 65-year-old will need three years of long-term care, again, on average. And like I was saying before, usually about one year of that's in-home with friends, family taking care of you. Uh, About one year of that is in-home care. And the average in-home care cost is about $60,000 a year, and then another year in the nursing home. And in Ohio, uh, the average nursing home costs about $90,000 a year.
1: Okay.
0: And so those costs can be different from each state. Is that
2: correct? Yeah, definitely. The the state you're in has a big uh, impact on what long-term care costs. But even within Ohio, the more rural uh, long-term care facilities will be less expensive whereas uh, the facilities in Cleveland, com- Columbus,
1: Cincinnati are more expensive. So there's quite a range in Ohio as well. So, Robert, we you, you touched on the five-year look-back period. Can you kind of go into that for me and just kind of explain what we're looking at there? And does that kind of take a play in with Medicaid and all that fun stuff? Yeah, so that's a Medicaid role. So let's kind of summarize
2: uh, how Medicaid plays into this. And also, just to make clear... There's Medicaid and there's Medicare. Medicare really doesn't help with uh, long-term care costs. So we're talking Medicaid, and Medicaid is the state and federal program that uh, assists people with their health needs when they do not have the resources to take care of themselves. So to qualify for Medicaid, you can own almost no assets. For an unmarried person, you can own... Only $2,000 of assets and be eligible for Medicaid. So no farmer qualifies for Medicaid right Right. now. So then we have to decide well, if we want to qualify for Medicaid, what do we do? Well, that means gifting your assets away. And the five year rule says that if you gift, if you make large gifts of farmland, equipment, livestock, whatever it is, that you're ineligible for Medicaid for five years. So that's why long-term care planning is always guessing five years down the road because if the plan is to qualify for Medicaid, we have to make that gift five years before you go into a nursing home or need long-term care facility, and who knows what five years down
1: the road is gonna look like. So that's the challenge with Medicaid and the five-year planning are there changes uh, anything coming in the future from that 5 5 year that you know they're looking at trying to change anything on that
2: yeah so back in i think it was 2006 or 2007 it went from a 3 year look back period to a 5 year look back period okay there's talk of it going to 7 years it probably will but i've not heard that that is anytime soon
1: but yeah it's likely going to go to 7 years maybe even 10 years which just makes uh the transition planning, look, and preparing for this uh, that much. I mean, you're looking seven years, I mean, that's that's a pretty good chunk of time on operation to really start looking for the transition plan. Right. And, you know,
2: farmers work hard to accumulate their assets and especially the land. You know, it can be really difficult for some uh, farmers to say, well, I'm just going to give all my land away and wait five years and see if I go into a nursing home. That's really challenging for people. And when I've had clients come in in the past and say, hey, I want to do some uh, long-term care planning. And I say, well, you're probably going to have to give away all your land. You know, the, the discussion can turn very quickly of, well, what else can mm-hmm. I do? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um,
2: so it's another challenge with long-term care is if you own very much land at all, you are not going to be eligible uh, for Medicaid.
0: So what other options are out there that farmers can do to plan for um, you know, long-term care if Medicaid is not an option for them?
2: Yeah, so there is long-term care insurance. So you know, it's just an insurance policy you buy, and uh, when you need long-term care, it will pay some or all of those costs. The challenge with long-term care insurance is not everybody's insurable. You know, if you've got some health issues, some pre-existing conditions, you may not be insurable. Long-term care does not have to insure over uh, pre-existing conditions like medical insurance does. And then the other thing is cost. You know, if you wait till you're 70 years old to get long-term care insurance, that's going to be a big chunk of money. So... I tell people, you know, start looking at long-term care insurance, you know, when you're in your 40s, 50 years old, something like that.
1: Really, that so, soon? Yeah, yeah,
2: to make it affordable. To make it affordable, it, okay. it gets very costly very quick.
0: So it's kind of similar to, like, life insurance. The yes. Kind of the sooner you start, the better off you that's are. That's
2: right. Yeah, the lower the premiums will be. And there are many different kinds of policies. Um, there are long-term care policies that if you don't use – the policy for long-term care, your heirs can get the death benefit in that month, but that amount. So uh, that's become pretty popular because some people are saying, well, if I buy long-term care, I may never use it. Yeah. Well, if you add on kind of the life insurance component, you, c- you can make sure somebody gets to use that money that way. So that seems to be a pretty popular plan. Um, but there are some other strategies as well. Probably for the people I've worked with the most, which are medium to uh, large farms, we kind of take a wait-and-see approach. If someone has the ability to pay for five years of long-term care, let's say $500,000, whether that's savings, equipment, grain, whatever it is, the strategy is, well, let's wait until we know somebody needs long-term care. And if we're sure that somebody's going to need long-term care, we'll gift all the assets except for enough held back to pay for five years of long-term care. Then after five years, all their assets have been gifted. We've gone past the five-year look-back period, and all the assets are protected, and then they can qualify for Medicaid. So my experience is that's what a, a lot of farmers like to do, but- They've got to make sure they've got five years of something to pay for long-term care.
1: And, and that five-year, I'm just kind of thinking here, so say if uh, these guys move their farm into a an LLC or a corp, the, the five-year rule kind of still apply from their owner? is If they still have moved it to uh, you know kind of a different entity or something like that? Yeah, so... Using business entities don't really help because it still
2: gets counted as an asset. So it's still going to disqualify you for Medicaid. So there's some advantages, maybe tax-wise, liability-wise, but just transferring assets into an entity really does not have an impact on qualifying for Medicaid.
0: Are there disadvantages in gifting? you know, their equipment or whatever, you know, what what disadvantages do they have on that that might impact them doing doing that
2: option, I right. guess? So the thing with long-term care, there are no really good, perfect options. <laughs> There's always a negative. If you get long-term mm-hmm. care, you're going to have premium payments.
1: Mm-hmm. On
2: the gifting side of things, you know, if you gift all your land to someone and then that someone gets into finance financial difficulties or does something with the land you didn't anticipate, you know, that can be very troubling. Mm -hmm. So on the gifting side, you give up ownership and control and the income from it. Mm -hmm. So that's why when, you know, people come in and say, well, I want to qualify for Medicaid. And I'm like, well, then we got to give all away your land. That's why the discussion sometimes turns very quickly. We can use irrevocable trusts. Um, that's where you gift the land away, but it goes into an irrevocable trust, which protects it from creditors and, you know, poor management and uh, poor money management. So if, if you want to gift the land away, but you want to make sure it doesn't get sold mm-hmm. or creditors don't force the sale, we can use an irrevocable trust, which would hold that land for the beneficiaries maybe for a lifetime or two lifetimes. So uh, we can still protect it, but no matter what, whether we just gift it, use an irrevocable
1: trust, you have to give up ownership and control and that's very important. Yeah, I guess I can see that, uh, you know, is very difficult for some farmers to, when you, when you hear that, you know, giving away basically everything you've worked to build, It's it's gotta be a very tough conversation. Robert, how do you, when, when you when you are in those tough conversations, you know, that guy, you know, kind of like, hey, I want to do something different or no, I, I don't want to do something like this. What steps do you take? How do you kind of work with them to help them, you know, get to that, uh, you know, that transition time?
2: Yeah, so the first step really is seeing what kind of risk is there to long-term care. I mean, if somebody has enough income that they're going to be able to pay the long-term care costs, maybe it's social security retirement, land rent. Now, sometimes there's enough income there to pay for long-term care insurance, so we shouldn't be giving all the assets away. So that's really number one is, is you know, what kind of income uh, can we expect, you know, once you would quit farming and go into a nursing home? And then if there isn't enough income, what are we, you know, lacking in income? How big a gap do we have? And can we cover that with savings? Can we cover that with crops? If not, then machinery and land uh, comes into being at risk. And then that's when the, the hard discussions, because most farmers will spend income on long-term care if they need to, and they'll, they'll spend savings if they have to. Maybe machinery, but when it gets to the land, that's kind of off limits. So, we really need to do this analysis of what's long term care costs versus what income do you have and what other assets are you willing to spend. And once we get there, if the land is still exposed to
1: risk, then we may get pretty aggressive in doing some gifting or an irrevocable trust. And I think that might change, especially with our land prices have increased so much. So, we're looking at so much higher of a net worth on an operation where a couple years ago, does that kind of get in the back of guys' minds on a tax implication at that point when we start looking at moving around those assets and everything?
2: Yeah, so generally gifting is not the best tax strategy. One, if you make large gifts, then the value of that gift is deducted from the federal estate tax exemption. So gifting assets really doesn't get you ahead uh, on the estate tax issue. The other big issue with gifting is when you inherit an asset, you get a stepped up tax basis. And the person inheriting that asset can sell it and not pay any tax because there's no gain or they can re-depreciate it if it's a depreciable asset. So generally, gifting is not a good tax strategy. Uh, Gifting is best done if we're looking at a 40% estate tax or if those assets are definitely at risk of being consumed by long-term care,
0: so I guess with that, what can a young farmer, what can a young farmer do to help this conversation? And especially when they start talking about when you have multi-generational farms and talking about um, estate planning. What are some things that they can do to get um, to protect the farm and help make sure that mom and dad or grandma and grandpa are still going to be taken care of um, to help some of these tax implications? I mean, I guess what's the best case scenario that they could um, that they could go into? I know there's no perfect <laughs> perfect scenario. Yeah, right.
2: So I would say the first thing is to become educated on what long term care is, what the costs are, how it works. And then also kind of do an analysis of how exposed is the family, how exposed is the family farm to long-term care cost. And then once you're educated, um, then maybe go to an attorney that can help uh, do some long-term care. Again, you may have to educate that attorney a bit on how a farm works and kind of the new unique aspects of it. But go to a, an attorney and see, is an irrevocable trust the best thing? Is gifting the best thing? um is long-term care insurance the best thing so uh, but you know few people know much about Medicaid and long-term care insurance until they have to know mm-hmm. because they're about to go into a nursing home so educate yeah. yourself well in advance of when you have to have long-term care uh, so that you can plan accordingly and I would say we we have published a publication. You can find it at farmoffice.osu.edu, and it's a publication that looks at the uh, impacts of long-term care on family farms. So that's where I would start on the education side of things.
1: You know, Robert, you'd also talk to, you know, with you know, people are living longer. Costs of everything went up. I'm sure the costs on long-term health care went up and will probably continue to go up When you guys kind of start uh, running your numbers and the information out there to help educate people, how often do you guys kind of reevaluate the cost of everything? Is that on a yearly basis you guys kind of look at stuff? I'm, I'm sure anymore with inflation and everything else, it's probably been pretty hard to keep up with. Right. Um, there's a good survey
2: that comes out. Genworth Financial, which is an insurance company that sells long-term care insurance, puts out a really good survey. I think it's every year on the cost of long-term care uh, in every state. So that's usually where we start at on the cost. But, you know, I said long-term care or a nursing home in Ohio was probably 90000 That was last year's number, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll bet it's closer to 100,000 because of inflation now. So yeah, as we do our planning, we need to understand that just like anything, long-term care costs are going to go up maybe faster than inflation because you know it's in the medical field and that can see higher than normal increases in costs. But we, we need to keep an
1: eye on the cost because that affects our analysis. And I think you, you talked about long-term Healthcare insurance that that might be a very good product, especially with the increase of price of stuff all the time. That, you know, kind of fill the gaps in a little bit for that for that long term plan for that operation. And like you said, you you recommend in your forties to start really looking at that. Yeah, stuff.
2: I mean, if you wait till you get in your sixties and seventies, it may not be affordable. And I wonder when lenders will start maybe requiring long-term care insurance along with that term life insurance policy to protect the loans. And uh, I could see it going that way. I don't know if you all have looked into that or not, but, you know, I think uh, it's a real risk. And that may be a way to help farmers look towards long-term care
1: is to maybe have that as a requirement to get a loan. And and I think that's something you know we don't, we don't see on our side at the moment, but with the ever changing environment that we're in, mm-hmm. that who knows really what's on the horizon? There's it's I go back to it's the, the cost of everything. It's it's the cost of doing business, the cost of owning that asset. That you know the better you're protected, you know, and as a lender, the more that we can you know reassure that you know that that operation is going to be able to. Sustain this for the long run. It it helps on our end a lot, Libby. I know that. So
0: yeah, we you know we want your farms to be successful. We want you guys to be successful, and we want your farms to go on for generations. Um, you know that benefits you. That benefits everyone here sitting at the table.
1: Well, Robert, I want to thank you for being on our podcast today. This has been some great information. And you said uh, you guys have uh, what was your uh, information again? If people want to uh, look up stuff that you guys have for long term healthcare? Yeah. So we just came out with a publication about a
2: month ago. It's called Long-Term Care and the Farm. It talks about everything we've talked about today, but in a lot more discussion. And you can find that at farmoffice.osu.edu. It's under the Ag Law Library. Um, but I'd encourage you to, to take a look at that and uh, you know
1: make that your first step in your long-term care planning. And we'll be sure to put that... Uh, in our show notes for everyone to be able to look up. So.
0: And they have in their um, ag law section, they have a lot of good information in there that I would encourage everybody to go in and, and look at. They even have a blog. I get their blog emails all the time. with, And like I said, there's a lot of good information in there. And I do want to give a plug for um, Robert, his their um, office, their law office that he is a part of. They have done fantastic work for um, a lot of our farmers in the state planning succession planning piece of it. Um, and even for my husband and I, and they've done a great job. So they are a great resource and they're located in Delaware. Um, and you guys have another... There's another location too, right? There,
2: there is an office in Salina now yes. too. So okay.
0: they have expanded um, a little bit across the state. So if you guys are looking for um, a succession planning attorney, you know, uh, look at the Wright & Moore office and they're a great resource as well.
1: Referred by Libby herself.
0: Hey, so. I tell everybody <laughs> because we've had such a great experience working with their office.
1: Well, thank you everyone for being part of the podcast today. If you want more information on anything, be sure to contact your local Ag Credit office or look us up on agcredit.net. I'm Matt here with Libby, and we will catch you on the next episode of Ag Credit Said It.
0: Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Said It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's talk ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at agcredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.